0: You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought-after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Hey, everyone. My name is Jabin Chavez. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so Honored that you're taking some time to learn, to grow, and to expand your leadership IQ. Uh, We're all in this together, guys. We're all learning. We're all trying to get better. We're trying to lead healthier organizations, healthier teams. And uh, I really do pray that this podcast is a blessing to you and your team. And uh, more than that, I think it's going to be. Over the last 20 years, it's been my honor to serve. The local church to serve the body of Christ uh, on a lot of different roles, a lot of different teams. And over the last few years, uh, I've been a church planter and a senior pastor here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It has been awesome. It has been so much fun. Uh, it's also been very stretching, very challenging, and it's been a learning experience. And my prayer is that through this podcast, I'm able to just uh, tell you some things I've learned. I'm, I'm not an expert, Uh, I'm not a leadership guru, I'm just a local church pastor that, uh, man, I got boots on the ground and every day we're in this together and I think this podcast is going to be really relevant to you. Uh, Every week I meet with my team and I share some different leadership principles, some culture ideas, some principles from the Bible uh, to help them grow in their leadership and that help us as an organization serve people better. And so I'm just going to kind of let you in on that, give you a little sneak peek once a month into a leadership talk that I'm doing with my team. And uh, I think it's really going to be fun. I think it's going to be very relevant to your journey. If you're not a pastor, if you're not a minister, uh, I know that these principles will still help you. They'll help you as a manager. They'll help you as an organizational leader. They'll help you as a business owner. Uh, they'll help you in your marriage, they'll help you in uh, literally every area of your life because I've, I've learned uh, one thing for sure, the Bible is so relevant and has so much to teach us about not only being great leaders, but being great servants and making a great impact in our world. So enjoy this message and I can't wait to see you, can't wait to hear from you, can't wait to uh, learn together with you. We'll be releasing a new podcast once a month. And um I hope you enjoy it. All right, I want to talk about um using your capacity. And the reason I say using your capacity and not increasing your capacity is because I I want to try to demystify a little bit of this. And um help you kind of define the difference. Cause I think there's been a lot of leadership talks about increasing your capacity. I think some of it's true. I think some of it isn't true. And so I want to try to um, explain it using your capacity. So here's capacity, the maximum amount that something can contain the maximum amount. Something can contain. It is also the maximum amount. Something can produce. So, everything has a capacity. Um, this can of coffee can hold nine ounces. You can't put a gallon in here. You just can't. Doesn't matter how much you want to. Doesn't matter how much you pray for it. Doesn't matter how much you fast for it. Doesn't matter how much you anoint this can with oil, lay hands on it, speak in tongues. You're not getting a gallon. You're not getting getting 10 ounces into it. You're getting nine. That's what it can, it can hold nine ounces. That's all it can hold. So when we talk about using our capacity, we're not talking about being a one, you know, if you're a nine ounce person, the goal is not to become a gallon person. This is where I think all of the weird condemnation, I'm not fulfilling my dream. I'm not walking in my destiny. I think there's all there because you're nine ounces and you're looking at the gallon and you're going, but I'm supposed to be that. No, you're not supposed to be that. So I'm not grow. I can't grow past nine ounces. So that my responsibility is not how do I get a gallon in here? My responsibility is how do I keep this filled? That's the difference. So, that, so I'm not trying to be, you know, I've got 40,000 Instagram followers. Pastor Stephen Furtick is at three million something. <laughs> that's not the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's not the goal. Right. That is a once in a generation leader yeah. that God went, boop, I pick you. And he's got to live in the fullness of his capacity, but he's not my example of what I'm supposed to be because I'm I'm not gonna be that. Well, no, Jabin, just believe your dreams. No, I'm not gonna be that. I'm not gonna have three million Instagram followers. I don't. I don't think. Or it's not my goal. Okay, maybe that's the bet. You know. So. So we have this like Christian side of faith. And then we have this uh, um, inspirational stuff that we hear, you know, Gary Vee and Tony Robbins and you name it. and Amazing. But the problem is you can kind of try to start putting those together. And start believing God for something or trying to achieve something that is just, it's beyond your capacity. And, and then what ends up happening is you end up being so disappointed with this. Ah, but man, I'm supposed to be a, well, I know they told you that. <laughs> but that's not the, so. I want to break a little bit of that off of you here in the room and you who are listening to this. I want to break some of that off of you so that you can then live in fruitfulness. So I want to use my capacity. Now let me, let me go a little further here. There is a difference between a growth culture and a performance culture. There is a difference between a growth culture... Um, and a performance culture. I want to I try to define some of this with you. We want a growth culture. Okay, why do we want a growth culture? Because healthy things grow. Right. Period. Healthy things grow. So let me go another step. We really want a health culture. Not a performance culture. We want a growth culture, but we only want a growth culture because we want a health culture. So it isn't about performance. It's about growth, but it's not even as much about growth as it is about health. So like we had this plant that was dying, and we just moved it to a different part of our house with more sunlight, and all of a sudden it's just come back alive again. We we want to do whatever we can do for optimum health, which then led to growth. But we're not living obsessed with a performance um, mindset. And let me let me try to speak to that. When I think of a performance culture, which I have been a part of one, I'm thinking of competition. Jealousy, and this is both corporate and church. We, you know, Many of you have experienced both of these. Jealousy, competition, who can rise to the top? Um, lying, <laughs> sugarcoating, cutthroat, throw other people under the bus so that I can get higher. It's very corporate. It's very competitive. It's very competition. It's very, how do I look best in front of the boss to go higher, even if, and if I can't look, best then I'll just make sure they look worse than me right so I've seen this in church I've seen this in you know corporate worlds I've seen this you know I don't know maybe you experienced some of this in singing competitions I mean like it's you know you're 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 living in this performance culture of how do I put my best foot forward it doesn't matter who that foot is stepping on it doesn't matter who I'm have to make look bad it doesn't uh, it doesn 't matter what excuse I have to make, and so um, and like some of this performance culture you know they come from a sales background like you know it 's like okay how do I, how do I make this sale? how do I look the best how do I, how do I package this the best and i don 't want a performance culture in this ministry I do want if you commit to doing something, do it. If you say you're going to do it, let your yes be yes, your no be no. If you, we, we want a steward, we want to grow, we want health, but we don't want a cutthroat corporate performance culture where people are tools and expendable, and everyone in this team is my enemy, and everyone in this team is my competition. And how can I make anyone on this team look worse than me so that I can look better? That we want, we want to break. That off of us, so that we're living in, and I think a lot of times the blinds get blurry, so that are blurry. So we're living in a health culture, a growth culture. We want to grow, we want to get better, we want to get healthier, we want a better organization, but never at the expense of people. So. I'm saying all this for a reason, because we're going to talk about, you know, how do you grow your capacity? How do you, you know, live in the, in the most of your capacity? How do you use your capacity? But what I, I just don't want this to, to get into a thing of performance. Okay, so let me keep going now. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Change is inevitable. You can run, but you cannot hide. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Change happens by default. Growth only happens by design. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Change happens by default. Growth only happens by Design. So you have to choose to grow. You have to design. See, when I think when I say by design, that just becomes like a leadership ambiguous gray term that sounds cool and we don't know what You literally have to design your life around growth. Yeah. That's what I mean. You design it. You structure around it. You build your day around growth. You build your week around growth. You build your months around growth. You, you plan your vacations around growth. Every, you, you're structuring your life. When we talk about by design, that's not just a cool leadership term. We grow by design. We design our life. We, uh, Kelly was just telling me, you know, Orange Theory is in such high demand right now because of the limitations. So she has to schedule out a month in advance. Is anyone thinking about next month? Anyone in this room thinking about next? I'm definitely not thinking about my fitness in a month. Okay, listen. But growth happens by design. Okay, classes are going to fill up, and I want to go at this time. That means I have to make my schedule this, and now I'm committed. Okay, so she's designing her life for growth. She's designing her life for better. She's designing her life for health. She's designing her life for for the life she wants. It's not just gonna happen. She has to design her life around that. You have to design your kid, isn't just gonna be the kid you want him or her to be. You have to design the day and design the structure and design the education and design the diet and design how much screen time they're gonna get and design all of this has to be by design or by default you know, you're going to have a little heck raiser running around, right? In public going, ha ha, they never act like this. Yes, they do. You just, (laughs) like I, you know, sometimes Goldie will act up in public and I'll be like, that's not my kid. And I'm like, oh no, that is my kid. She does that in private. I just ignore it. I can't, does that make sense, right? I mean, that's my, that's my testimony. Okay. So I have to design and structure her life. Or by default, right? Okay, and this is change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Change happens by default, but growth only happens by design. You know, I met with a couple. They're really struggling in their marriage. And the woman says, well, I've just changed. I'm just not the woman I was when we got married. And it's true. She's changed. She hasn't grown. She's changed. She hasn't grown in Christ. She's been conformed to the image of this world. Yeah, you're not who you were a few years ago. It's not good. <laughs> well, I've, I've just changed. Yet, change is not the goal. Yeah. Wow. Growth is the goal. Change is not the goal. You know, I've 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 heard. You know, I, I think sometimes churches want to. Oh, How we see to change it up. Ah, it's got to change. Ah, it's got to change it up like just bored. No, what will lead to growth? We didn't change next steps for change sake. We we went, can, can this be better? Can we? And you know, I really take some pride in the fact that we came up with this online thing a few years ago that has gotten the attention of a lot of large churches that will not give us credit, but we know where they got it from. But Then, so I'm going to give credit now publicly as this podcast goes out, then we saw what a church in DFW, Mercy Culture did, where they even got it tighter, and it led into the one-on-one, and I went, oh, this is even better. So we came up with a great design, and it has really worked for us, but we didn't change it to change it, we changed it for the sake of growth. And so we made it, so it wasn't just, ah, oh, we was need a fresh video, oh, I'm just bored. No, we don't, just, we don't do things out of boredom. What leads to growth? What leads to, okay, so, so change inevitable, but growth is by design. Um, we, we should take it as a badge of honor if, if people in our church go, oh, City Lights just changed. That's good as long as it's by design, you know. Now, if it's not by design and we just, you know, we don't want it to be, man, it just used to be so young and vibrant and on fire and, and now it's just so, okay, well, that's not good. That's the wrong kind of change that happens by default. By design is, yeah, maybe it's, oh, we missed the old building. It was so intimate. Well, yeah, we're, we've, we've grown, right? That will, be, that will happen. You know, people will leave our church when we go to a new building. Thousands more will come. Well, hundreds will leave. Hundreds. I just really missed that whole building. It was just so, I could always meet the pastor and he was always around. It's gonna happen. But that's okay as long as it's growth. What we, what we don't want is just the inevitable change. Okay, saying a lot. Now let's start getting into capacity. So we talked about Exodus in the in the last talk, right? Moses said, or God said actually Jethro said <laughs> praise the Lord not <laughs> Moses not God Jethro Jethro said break them up into 1,000 and 10 right so here's the here's the big question can I go from leading 10 to 1,000 this is the big and here's my answer I don't know but I am sure I can grow so if you're if you're right now, your capacity is ten. Can you take it to a thousand I'm not sure, and I think if that's your goal, you've missed it. I think you missed it because right. now you're going after something that is even in ten to a thousand that's so vague like well how do I so now we're chasing some kind of gray dream of what could that's not we don't we don't we don't we shouldn't look like that. You know, can, you know, can this go from nine ounces to a gallon? Well, no, it can't. So can't, can you lead from 10 to 1,000? I don't know. Can, can these guys who started at 10, you know, as this went on year after year, did, you know, did their influence and leadership ability grow? Probably. Did guys at 10 end up leading thousands? I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe not. You know, We were talking about a, there's a, a, a music artist. I got a call yesterday while I was golfing with some of the guys from a pastor. He goes, hey, would you? I just invited this music artist to come to our church. It's $25,000 for him to come for a 40-minute worship set. Would you pay that? And I said, well, first of all, no, I wouldn't. But, at, and, but then I started thinking about it. A year ago, my friend had him. Did not know each other, he just went on the website, invited him before he blew up, and he was two thousand dollars. So he went from two grand for a youth night on a random Wednesday with a couple hundred kids to twenty five K for a forty minute set in a year. Goals. If but 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 listen. But okay, but then here comes our motivation. And you can too if you just pray and if you just get better and if you just stop sucking. No. That was in that worship leader's capacity. I've never been paid $25,000 for a 40-minute worship set. Like, that's in his... That is God and timing and... Sound and where we are. There's so many components that go into that that we we can hear a story like that and go, "Wow, look how much our life can change in a year." Kinda, but don't go too far into that. Don't don't let your mind go too far into that because I think I think that's where all the disappointment is. It's in that it's in that little place of just like. Okay, well, maybe, okay I, just to, okay, I just need to do this, 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 and then I could, maybe, but maybe not. What I, what I want to say is that is, that was in him. Yeah. Yeah. And through exposure, timing, the sovereignty of God, you know, a, a million other things, that's where he's at. Yeah. Don't put that on yourself. Yeah, yeah, you. Okay. Yeah. So, has he gone from 10 to 1,000? Yes, but 1,000 was in him. Okay. So don't, just don't let that, don't let that, you know, pastors are listening to this right now, like we want to go from 300 to 3,000. You may never grow to 3,000. It just may never be, well, there are souls to be saved. I know, but it may never be in your DNA to carry that weight. And that's Okay. I just got to grow my capacity. I got to read another book. Read another book. 2 Corinthians 10. I want you reading books. I want you growing. But again, we're using our capacity, not necessarily growing our capacity. We're just trying to get, whether God gives me nine ounces or gives me a gallon or gives me a swimming pool or gives me a lake or an ocean, I just want to live at the fullness. Psalm 23, my cup overflows. I just want to make sure I'm doing all that God is allowing and calling me to do. 2 Corinthians 10. Write this one down. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 through 16. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 through 16. Paul says, We do not dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. Let me just tell you what just happened. Yeah, man, we started a church, and it it went from zero to 5,000 in a year, and you can do the same thing if you just have faith. You just compared yourself to yourself. No, that's what happened. That's your God story. Don't put that on a church planner who's in a YMCA with 30 people, but he's in the will of God. Hey, guys, healthy things grow, man. We need, you know, need, need 4,000 at Easter or, or it's a fail. Don't compare yourself. Yeah. Okay, Omar, we're at 9,000 YouTube subscribers. Mike Todd's over a million. I mean, what do, what do I got to do, man? We got to buy them? So that's what pastors do. So then they buy their viewers and they buy, because they're comparing themselves by themselves. Wow. Hey, multi-campus is the future. You got to go multi Maybe if you're called to that, don't compare yourself by yourself. In other words, don't put the sovereign thing that God's put on your life on someone else and say, you do this. And if you don't do this, that, that is legalism. That is the very definition of living outside of your grace. So are we that's just one verse. Here we go. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere. Now he just said limits and now he says sphere. Sphere of the service God Himself assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. Okay, so he uses the word limit, and he uses the word sphere. Both of these are the same Greek word, and the Greek word is metron, a, a meter stick, a measuring stick. Paul says, I don't want to do anything outside of my limits. I don't want to do anything outside of my sphere. I don't, I don't want to go beyond the limitations God has put on me. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying there's no grace outside of that. Right? So just like if you're in your home, there is a freedom in your home that you don't have outside of your home. Whether it's using the restroom with the door open, walking around in your undies, you know, eating on the... eating. Cereal on the couch, whatever it is, you, you have authority in your sphere that you do not have outside of your sphere. <laughs> there isn't grace. There isn't grace outside of your sphere. Well, I walk around in my underwear at the house. Can I do that at church? Nope, no grace. You're going to jail, right? <laughs> okay. So can you live outside of your limits? Can you live outside of your sphere? Of course you can. That's why people burn out. That's why pastors are unhappy because they're looking at mega church going, well, why? I know I'm a better preacher than that. Well, I know I'm, well, oh, I feel like we could do, well, I feel like that's, you're living outside of your sphere, bruh. Here we go, verse 14. We are not going too far in our own boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did not get as far as you with the gospel, or we did not get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither, watch this, do we go beyond our limits by boasting of the work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity—excuse tig- uh, me, activity—among you. Will greatly expand. Watch what just look what he just said. As your faith grows, our sphere of activity will greatly expand. Look what he what he's saying is: we're going to use the full measure of our sphere. It's going to expand, not beyond the sphere, but within the sphere, so that we can preach the gospel in regions in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. Look what Paul just said. He goes, there is spiritual territory for others that we are not to mess with. So we don't don't write and record a song at City Light and go, okay, is it going to compete with Maverick City? No, that's another man's territory. Okay, well, is it going to do what Hillsong did? Is it going to do what Bethel did? That's Here's what I do know in our sphere we should be writing and recording and releasing music that's what i know how far it goes is not it's not my business because before maverick there were a lot of other ministries that were grabbing cameras and were doing raw production in living rooms and and it didn't boom like maverick did right so it's not the idea, it's the calling. It's not the idea, it's the sphere. It's not we could do that right now. Kyle, get grab, grab some cameras, give me a guitar, let's go. We're gonna put it on YouTube, million views in the night. No. It's not in our sphere yet. Is is it a part and, and here's and here's the biggest part. Well, is that a part of our future? I have no idea. Therefore it's not the goal. <laughs> And I hope I'm setting you free personally, us as a ministry. We're living in our sphere. We're living in our limits. And back to what Paul said. Let me just go back to this one more time. The activity among you will greatly expand. All we're trying to do is live in the overflow of, I don't know how big City Lights vessel is. I don't know. I, I believe it's going to be very large. But to try to find a minister or ministry or celebrity or amount of money or whatever you want to, you know, and go, okay, this is it. This is success and nothing else is. You're, you're now limited you're, all of your joy is limited to one person's success. Or, and I should even say this, your perception of their success. Right? Because what happens when it all goes crashing down in a moment? You're like, oh, they actually weren't successful. They just had a lot of... So, I just want to live in my limit. I want to live in my sphere. I want to live in my metron. And I don't want to get up. I want to celebrate another man's territory. But I'm not trying to make that the... And, and you know, what I'm talking about, none of this is new. Wasn't this happening in First Corinthians? I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I, it was already happening. They already had their favorite... It was already going on. Paul's going, I don't know, some, some people plant, some people water, God gives the increase. What well, he was saying, I don't know how it all works. Wow. Don't get caught up in, in all of that. Okay, so, okay, all that to say, because I, I think my talk was entitled Using Your Capacity. I haven't answered a question yet, so let me try to get practical for a moment. Hopefully I've just irritated everyone. So capacity can be increased... But not beyond God's call. Anything outside of that capacity will not be graced. Anything outside of your sphere, what happens? It's wasted, right? So we could keep pouring. You're never going to get more than nine ounces in this little cup. So all that's waste. So what's my responsibility? Let me get practical for like. Five minutes. My responsibility is not to see another person's success and try to reach that. That's not my. That's not my responsibility. Because that may not be a part of your call. It, it might be. It might not be. You don't know. Well, the Holy Spirit told me no. You don't know. Well, I had a dream. No, you don't know. Well, I I got a scripture. No, you don't know. You don't. I saw myself up there with verdict I don't know, you don't know. So don't put that. Here's here's our responsibility. Number one, growth. I'm just growing. It's growing. I'm growing in my gift. I'm growing in my walk with the Lord. I'm growing in my relationships. I'm growing in my people skills. I'm growing. That is that is what I can do. I'm growing in my knowledge. I'm growing in. I'm getting better. I'm 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 growing. Where does this growth lead to? I don't know. But it's going to lead to growth. That's what matters. If you're if you're growing and you're healthy, you're no longer obsessed with whoever. Right? So we've given thousands and thousands of dollars away just this year to other guys building campuses, building churches right now, buildings. I don't even think this way, but I know people, people could think, well, why not us? And why not? Well, let's just save more and let's just, that it's just so the opposite of the spirit I want. And, 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 and it, it doesn't come from a place of like, "Oh, I better do this and break this thing off my life. I'm genuinely happy for them, but it's like, no, let's give away, let's be a part of, let's celebrate. Is, is God going to give us a, you know, a Mike Todd facility? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we're growing. What matters is, is that we're doing the best with what we're doing. And what matters is is that when that happened, we sent October 2019, we sent our tithe. as a church, the whole month's tithe we sent to transformation. We're a part of that miracle. We're a part of, that's what matters. Okay, growth. Number two, work ethic. Again, this is what I can do. I can work. I can work. I can get up early and work. I can get my job done. I can work. I can work. God gives the increase, but I can plant. God gives the increase, but I can water. God gives the increase, but I can work. I can work. This is this is how I grow and this is how I use my capacity. Number 3, consistency. The most underrated probably character trait, leadership trait, consistency. You just keep showing up. You just keep showing up. You just, you outlast. You outlast critics. You outlast, you just outlast. You just outlast it. This is the the tricky one that I've pretty much said don't do, but you can do this if you do it smart, is exposure. You do need exposure. I'm not talking about God exposing your gift to people. You, You getting exposed to the next level you do need exposure for the sake of inspiration but not for you know um, not for imitation so again I go back to you know the first time I went to a rise church in New Zealand and I something in my spirit leaped Mary and Martha John and Jesus get in the same room in their, in their bellies and John leaps this, you know there's something, man, your spirit leaps. Your baby leaps, right? You know, I went into I went into a rise church and something leaped in me and I was like, oh man, yeah. This is awesome. I went into Elevation Church and I went, oh man, whoa, yes. Something leaped in me. Not like we're gonna, you know rip off every single though I think we sang only elevation on Sunday, but praise the Lord. But not <laughs> it 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 something in my spirit leaped. I was like, oh I haven't seen this. Exposure. I'd seen Pastor Stephen preach a lot, but I'd never been in his his atmosphere that he had designed. And it oh man, I leaped. Being around Jensen for the first time, our spirit leaped. Wow, we had never Whoa! This feels so cool. This is so different than anything I had seen. Kevin Gerald in Seattle, um, another person that's been very you know important in my life. Charles Neiman in El Paso, another person. When I so I've had exposure. So City Light is by design, not it's not imitation, but it's definitely like man, I grabbed something from Elevation, I grabbed something from Charles, I grabbed something from Jensen, I grabbed something. And, and, and then me, and it exposed, what, what exposure does is it exposes that strength in you that is like, oh, I can, okay, I can do this. Whoa, I can do this. I didn't think I could do this. I can do this. That is, so you do want exposure. Just don't, don't make that the goal. So my exposure to elevation was, whoa, this is amazing. It wasn't, Okay, guys, we're going to, you know, many of you have been on with me there. You know, it was never like we get in the plane. I'm like, okay, so how do we do it? Let's, (laughs) you know what I mean? That was never the, you know, (laughs) how did they do that? Do it. I want that Sunday. No, it's never it, but it's exposure. You just, it, you know, things click with you where you can't shake it. Like the ministry videos that, you know, I just saw that and I was like, oh, this makes so much sense to me. Let's just do, can we just do that? We don't need to reinvent it. Just exposure—you just see it on a bigger level. I've been in enough big rooms where I go, "Oh my God!" If our church ever just got in the same room, the walls would literally come unglued because I have enough exposure to know like where our church is going. You know what I mean? Like I just—you have expo- you get exposed to a John Maxwell, you get exposed to a Dave Ramsey, you get exposed to bigger thinkers, you get exposed to a a uh, Gary V get exposed you know whatever it might be all of that's good and needed and I would I would dare say every one of you is we've helped expose you to something in church in the spirit in life in leadership that you didn't have before but you know, and we want to expose you to that, but it's because we've been in it. You know, the way we handle guest speakers is because I've been a guest speaker, and so I know we don't pick people up in dirty, ratty little cars that are being held together by prayer and fasting. And you know, and um, we buy a new car when we need one. <laughs> I don't need one yet. It's <laughs> a Dave Ramsey response. We uh, we know where to put someone in a hotel. That's all exposure. I know what it's like to lay in a bed with my hoodie on and lay on top of the blankets for fear of bed bugs. And I know what it's like to be put in the best hotel in the city. And I know you sleep different. <laughs> that's exposure. <laughs> I know what it is to walk in a hotel room, there's nothing in the room and you okay, and you you gotta buy an eight dollar bottle of water, and I know what it's like to have a beautiful gift basket where you can that's exposure. I know it's all, expo- you know what I'm saying? This is, that's on, you know, just one thing, but, and on and on and on. Exposure, it's just we've been exposed and then we are able to, you know, live live in the light of that knowledge of that revelation. And on and on, we could go. So, you do need exposure and what I always tell preachers is like, find a few voices, you know, because preachers always ask me, how do you grow in your, how do you grow in your, find a few voices, not 10, find a few voices that like, oh man, something in me leaps when I, so for me, it's Stephen. For me, it's Robert Morris. Um, uh, for me, it's Chris Hodges. And those three for sure. And then Joyce Meyer. And what they do is I don't think I sound like any of them. I think I sound like me, but it's Stephen with that revelation and that aha and that, oh, man, it's that tension with Joyce. It's just like, just tell him the truth and like it or leave it, right? And for Robert, it's the, you know, it's the text and it's the three points and it's the two scriptures. And I mean, I've, I've ripped that off to the nth degree. It just made sense to me. I heard Robert do three points and it just went, yeah, just makes sense. You know, turn to two scriptures and they, and they you know. They contextualize each other. It just made sense to me. And so, you know, and then Chris is so good with the, with the vision, right? So he'll be preaching. Oh, that's why you need to be water baptized. And that's why, you know, and then he'll be preaching. That's why you got to join a small group. And, you know, you're like, "Wow, ah, I don't know how you did that. But, but then I'm me, but I've had the exposure, you know, to you go, well, how did, Jabin, how did you learn how to tie that into Well, Chris taught me how to do that. Well, why do you do three? Well, Robert taught me to, and I've never even met Robert. You know what I mean? But exposure, right? How did you build the tension? How did you know when to fire up the crowd and get them to, well, Stephen taught me how to get the crowd back and, you know, all this is exposure. It's all exposure. So um, why does our worship so up? Because I've been in enough dead services where I'm like, oh, this is awkward, you know, and the worship leader's out in the spirit, but you're just like, oh, there's new people, and this is, ah, you know. It's exposure. Some, You know, why am I still so involved in the worship and in what happens on Sunday? Because I've been in enough church services, exposure, where the pastor's going, what song is this? Why did they pick this? This is so weird. Why are we singing? Ah. So I've just gotten ahead of it and gone, I want to sing these songs. So I, I know that as I'm coming up to preach, I know what song I want to, I want to preach out of and it's exposure. So you do need that. You do need to be a student. Just never, I, I learned from Chris, but I never go and we need to be the highlands of Nevada. I don't put that on me. I don't put that pressure on me. I learned from Steven, but I don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't, I don't put that, you know, I don't compare themselves with themselves. I don't compare myself with themselves. And so just don't, don't live in that shame. Grow, grow your capacity. Work your capacity. But don't limit yourself or limit God or shame yourself by painting an unfair picture of your future That you may not live in. It's okay to, you know. It's just okay to be where you're at. I've never been happier. And our crowds have never been smaller. I mean, you know, it's COVID, of course. I don't. But still, I just. Nothing in me is like, "Ah, how do we get people back in the room? Ah, I just don't live in that. It's just not the season we're in. So I'm just enjoying. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. I, b- I gotta stop. Done.